a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. This is the Detroit Supercross wrap-up. Triple crowns! Love them. Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Uh, whether you're in the market for a helmet, whether you're in the market for riding gear, whether you're in the market for uh, watercraft, mountain bike stuff, flyracing.com has got you covered. And uh, great gear. Great bunch of guys. Great company. They uh, sponsor the Supercross series as well. So thanks to uh, flyracing.com for making this podcast happen. Also, too, Maxxis Tires. MXST Tires out now, developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Wherever it is, mountain biking, Light truck, trailers, uh, dirt bikes, Maxxis has a tire for you. And uh, AJ Cantonzaro running Maxxis right now in Supercross. Just made his second main event of the year. So thanks to those guys. Alpine Stars, Tech 10, the most advanced motocross boot today. Uh, please check it out. It's been redesigned and reformatted a bit for 2019. Alpine Stars protects. You know their name. You know their quality. I love the Tech 7s, by the way. Absolutely love the Tech 7s. If you don't want a booty boot, Check out Tech 7s. Lots of cool colors, too, by those guys. And also to Slick Racing Products. I've got some of this product in my garage. I've been using it. They offer easy-to-use wash kits complete with accessories and foam gun options that save time, avoid frustration, and leave you feeling secure, confident, and ready for the next ride. Three-step wash process. I've been using that as also. It's been working great. Uh, Use the discount code Steve at checkout to save 20% at SlickRacingProductsUSA.com. Use the code Steve. Check them out, please. Uh, These guys have been great, and uh, they've got a coating in their wash products that allow you to easily wash off the dirt the second and third time uh, that you use it. So it's really neat. Pro Circuit uses as well. Monster Energy Pro Circuit uses slick racing products. So Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas coming up to talk about Detroit and, of course, some more BS stuff. Here we go. And now, as promised on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Alpine Stars, Maxis, and Slick Products, uh, a couple of guys to discuss everything that went down in D-Town, uh, the Triple Crown. Very exciting. Lots to talk about. First up, my boss at Racer X Online, the voice of American Motocross Series, the voice of GNCC, the voice of Geneva Supercross, the voice of Flat Track with Ralph Shaheen, the voice of Quad Racing. Jason Wygant. Yeah. What's up, Weege? Just just found out. I'm back for Flat Track 2019. Finally got the word. Oh, yeah? Sweet. Um, but I don't know. I don't know about Dream Team. I don't know. They're still figuring it all out. Oh, you, you know he's holding out for big bucks. Oh, you think that's what it is? Well, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's, flat Track's tough because um, they don't have this giant bank of, like, well-established, like, ex-pros who have probably done a ton of media in their time, like a lot of other sports do, so... I think it's always a little difficult to find, you know, like when uh, Supercross switched networks this year, we probably heard, what, 
15 names thrown around. Yeah. Everything from freaking Wyndham or GL or RC or keeping fro like they just don't have that bank o guys to do the analyst spot. So why is, who knows? Maybe is, it'll be Ralph again. Why is Jay Springsteen busy? <laughs> we actually brought in not Jay Springsteen, but they did bring in a different guy who is well known in that sport. And I thought he was okay, but they mustn't have been impressed because <laughs> they tried him out, and I never saw him again. Also on the line from Fly Racing, FlyRacing.com. Please check out the new Formula helmet. I myself am a big fan of it. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? Not much. Back in Boise, and I cannot escape cold and rain. It's been <laughs> everywhere I've gone from Dallas on race day yes. to back to home, then oh. to Detroit for some more of it, then back to here again for some more of it, and then we're going to go into Atlanta and get some more. Uh, it looks like rain and cold. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm running hot here with the weather. Again, Weeds, JT with the weather report, six days out. Already on it. Already. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, relevant. I was talking weekend, to I was talking to Cowie guys about it, and yeah, like they, they, and they're the ones that really struggled. All the teams, meaning, uh, it's just been a terrible year for weather. They told me um, brand new tent for MXDN, brand new tent. I think those things are about ten grand, and uh, rain, mud, slop. By the time they got it back to the shop uh, after um, the race, it was already full of mold, garbage. Um. After so after San Diego, that night, go back to the shop, pull it out, dry it out that night after the race. Like they like, and this is what teams all in you know, all this stuff has been going on because of the weather and cold and everything yeah. else that these teams have had to deal with. But uh, JT, back to the flat track. Can you not see Ralph just saying to those guys, "I want one dollar more than Wygant." That's exactly. Uh, what, I that, could see yeah. him saying, "I want one dollar less." And, and taking it, yes. Why? Why one dollar less? To make sure he gets the spot. Oh no no no! He wants to be. These no, two are embroiled. No, no. He's he's gonna in walk in. He's gonna hold out for more money because why can't we know is just happy to do there and be like whatever. Like because weed is just weed. Ralph's gonna hold out for more money and he's gonna walk in and he'll know. He'll know that he you know he's the guy. And, and we just be like, oh, uh, I disagree. I think Ralph tries to get as many gigs as he can. And by the way, we're not talking about me or him. It's last year it was both of us, so we're not competing against each other in this job. I just want to make that clear. But I think Ralph's done a lot of gigs because he's like, yeah, I'll just do it. Sure. I don't. I don't think Ralph's a. He wants to put you in. I want him. He's guy. no. He wants to put you in your place. Okay. Yep. All right. You know what? This is what you guys in the media do. This is what you do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you sensationalize. You create rivalries and drama where there isn't any. This is what you do. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I believe one of the riders occurs, uh, accuses you, Weege, of often stirring the pot. Well, he is a rival now because he has his own podcast, that rider. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. That rider you're talking about has his own show. Right. So screw that guy. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You, you, you welcome. What are you doing? You encourage this. I, I'm in it to make some money, I hope, down the road is what I'm trying to do. Okay. This is a, this is a, this is a business investment with that rider. <laughs> so, um, okay, uh, lots to talk about, lots to unwrap. Again, bad weather in Detroit, and maybe, maybe this weekend again. Triple crowns, man. Um, I, it, they're, they're fantastic. They're great, but I'm so torn because, again, Talking to the Cowie guys, talking to the MCR guys, talking to uh, the Honda guys. Um, th- this is a lot of work and a lot of stress on these riders and teams. I mean, you know, 15 minute, uh, 15, 12 minutes main events, 
They're doing 16 laps, I think, which is almost like an old main event. Remember, there used to be 20, 20 laps. Uh, I, I'm so torn. I, I don't know what to say because I get those guys. I worked on those teams for 11 years. I get it, but goddamn, they're so good. They're so good. Well, I get Sorry, I'm just my, I'm messing. My phone's messing up here. We, I don't know. It's bought, giving me two choices: speakerphone or mute. It's only which one do you want? Speakerphone or mute? It's the only option it's giving M- me. Moser and I bought you a new phone. Yes, you invested in this too. <laughs> God, dude. Business investment. I don't. Okay, we're back. We're good. Um, yeah, dude, I totally get it. Uh, you know, we were a little surprised. I think all of us that they didn't add more triple crowns after they had three last year. But I think maybe. Maybe this is the balance it needs to be. Like, we love it, so let's do it a couple times, but we understand it's horrible and difficult for you to do. So we're only going to do it sparingly is maybe the, the only way to get it right. Because you're right, Steve, it's a conundrum. And we said do it at all 17. I, I, there would seriously be some suicide. Somebody would it's, be done. It's like, uh, it's like chocolate cake. Like it's, it's good. You like chocolate cake, yeah. but you can't have it all the time. Yeah. Can't, can't do it. You know what, though, and this is going to sound horrible. I do have sympathy for the teams. I get it. I didn't work as a mechanic like you, but I'm not saying that they shouldn't care about that or deal with it. But the one thing I've always tried to maintain in this position is, like, yeah, that's just, that's just part of the challenge. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. if your bike breaks on lap 10 of a regular main event, you're like, that sucks, that's horrible, that's the way racing goes, that's part of the challenge, Right. But if your bike breaks between Triple Crown main events, it's like this format, this format. Well, no. This format's fault. I mean, like, like, they're wide open. They have to have extra staff at these races, right? So yeah. now the cost is going up. They have to buy extra parts to build oh. extra bikes. We'll get to that in a second. Cost, costs are going up. Um, we'll these get to guys, that in a second. They are wide open, um, you know, in between the races. So the bike breaking, yes. I just, it's a lot of, riders are also, like, I mean, some guys, it's a lot of stress. I mean, it's a lot of main events. Uh, obviously, JT won't won't agree because he once did 125 and 250 main events, you know. But, but uh, yeah, it, I you know, we, if you, if Feld and everybody stepped back and said, sorry, guys, it's for the better of the sport, the, 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 the demand, the buzz, the media coverage, the excitement is all better than a normal race. So, go pound sand. I guess I get that too. So, um, the only thing I think that would make that level of impact if they could point to the television ratings literally being better for triple crowns, but I don't think they can. I don't yeah. think there's anything that we've right. ever seen happen ever that you can point to a marked difference in anything. Like, yeah. whether James Stewart and Carmichael are there, or Jeremy McGrath is there, or the points are close, or the battles are good, or the format. I don't, to me, it's just a general level of interest. This is the level of interest there is. So, yeah. I don't think we're going to get to the point where they're like, TV ratings double every time we have a triple crown. We're doing more. I just feel like, unfortunately, the team standards are so high. Yeah. We cannot ever, 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 ever have a DNF. This is a sport where you, perfection is attainable and expected and seen. That, unfortunately, it drives them nuts. Like, there is no margin for error. It's just we have come to expect that you should be able to go through a whole season without bike problems. Um, and this makes it hard. Yeah. I mean, Chad... Chad thinks it should be three main events, three points, full, three three paid oh. mains. Oh. So, Gosh. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, there's that side of things too. But all right, JT. So, yeah, what what do you think? Well, I do like the triple crowns. I know we yep. had serious talks last week, and all you know, people 
jumped in on Twitter and all kinds of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I'm willing to come around on, you know, I, I'm sure it's very difficult whether it costs more money or not. I, it probably does. Uh, you're probably right. And I know it's a lot more work, no matter what, it's a lot more work for everybody. So mm-hmm. I think we can agree on that. But to your point, man, the racing is so fun. I know it, it really changes. <laughs> <It's> good. <laughs> Yeah, it really changes the overall product. And, you know, okay, the 250 wasn't great. We, we got that. Forkner ruined that for all of us. Thanks a lot. Uh, but Jerk. the 450 was incredible. Um, Every time out, it was it was awesome to watch. And props to the Supercross Ops guys for putting the overall on the Videotron pretty much jumbo board the whole time. So Yeah, that was great. You, that was great. Could, I don't think that – I know I didn't. I wouldn't have, and I can't imagine that most people would have had any clue that, that there was a battle between Roxon and Chad Reed going on for the final podium spot mm-hmm. in that last moto. Yep. There would have been no way we could have kept – I guess we could have, but there was no way we were going to keep up with it to the, you know, yeah. uh, to the minute while that was going on, and it added a lot of suspense to the battles, you know, whether, whether Plessinger was going to get Chad there in the last moto, whether Kenny was going to – be able to move up, you know, when Tomac passed him, that changed the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was, that was cool. Good T- job for them. Tomac got the overall, lost it because Webb moved up, then yep. got it back. And yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. So, um, but man, yeah, like I get it. I, like you said, we maybe we're just, listen, we can't have them all the time. We can't have more, we, you know, we, and I think they got, and I think they got to work on, you know, developing the better pit situation, for these down the road, you know, I think the next is the next mm-hmm. one Houston, and and that's really far from the pits, and lots of things cool. can happen, you know. So, I had a team guy tell me like, okay, look, we need a bit more time for these. So Feld, uh, do a freestyle show, do a KJSC, do a freestyle show, and then do a race of some sort or do something else to stretch out the time. But then again, now you're trying to fit in the TV window, right? And you're also trying to maybe not have the fans at the stadium for four hours or whatever. So, huh, yeah, lots of – You know what of, might be? This sounds crazy, but what if you said 250 classes, a regional series, they do two. They do two races. Yeah. Two mains for right, them. Right. Only the big boys do the triple crown. Sure, yeah. And now you've gifted yourself – I mean, that's a 10-minute plus one lap main, but you have a parade lap and all that. You probably gifted yourself 20 minutes that you can put 10 extra minutes between – mains and time to like you said yeah do a race like that i know what most fans would want yeah a 125 race which is not going to happen no 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 bailey or not bailey glover and rj get them on 85s 86s and send them out there, there you what go. are you Jim gonna Holly, do get them out. Jim Holly. <laughs> but how are you gonna add time for the final 450 because now you're taking a race away which is gonna be even tougher for the 450 time slot right well you just the whole problem is i think they only have a three-hour window to work in so they're just slicing that pie. So you can take but you're, bigger breaks. You're going to create this, to you're gonna create this hole, this dead time now. Well, the dead time is fine if you have a cool race or freestyle or whatever. Filling that dead time, I think, is the issue. Find something else to entertain the fans while the teams get 10 more minutes right. to change clutches. Right. Good luck finding a cool race or a, a freestyle <laughs> show that people are going to be excited about <laughs> would be my challenge. Well, there you go. Steve just nailed it. 1985. <laughs> Fight. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd do that for sure. I, I would probably yeah. fly rollerball down. Jerry Robin? <laughs> Jerry Robin. Yeah, 85 CR 250. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry, oh, yeah. Jerry would hey, whoop. Hey, Steve, from Jerry. your mechanical background experience, Yes. Um, I mean, the fact that we're up to backup bikes is like an extreme measure. It's an extreme measure. There is a good chance that all these backup bikes are never going to be used. That's a Correct. 
Yeah. Not, 99% of the time, it's not going to be needed. But So that's what I'm saying. Like It was only needed, it was, it was needed once, and the team didn't have. Team yeah. didn't have it. Right. Yeah. Although it's debatable. I mean, he got his bike to the line, Chad, at Anaheim too, right? Yeah. Would they have even had time to get back over there and yeah, get it? Knows, I don't even know. Who knows? Um, but we still have yet to see, like, someone's in a huge crash or their engine blows in main event one, and they just didn't have time to get it fixed. So these backup bikes, like I said, they've set their own unbelievably high standard to have to do that. But specifically changing clutches, tell me how difficult that is, because uh, these guys are going to obviously want a fresh clutch for all three starts. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing – well, it's kind of crazy that they are changing – putting new clutches in to me. Uh, a clutch should have a lifespan of longer than 12 minutes, but apparently not. Um, so, yeah, they're doing a clutch. And, while well, the biggest thing, we is everything's hot, right? It's 8,000 yeah. degrees. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. You're trying to work and everything's hot. Uh, you're yeah. also, you need the bike leaned over, but the tire has to be changed. The wheel has to be changed with, with, with the new tire put on. And then you're also trying to wipe it down always. and check things. Um, well, Cowie guys put I it on. I would bet at a track like Detroit, they did, I bet they didn't change the tire all night. Yeah, it's I don't soft. know. Um, maybe, yeah, Anaheim they did. Um, so you're you're trying to do all that, and it's you know you, you 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 could drop a spring, you could drop a bolt, anything like that. You know things happen, right? So you're also trying to make any adjustments. Hey, how was it? What do you want to do? Right, gearing, suspension change, uh, yep. uh, clickers. You know you're trying to deep. You got to debrief. You need that time to debrief yeah. as well. So, and, and again, like it's a lot of work for the riders. It's it's almost a full main event from three years ago. You know, so I, I went. Uh, I went out to the the pits during uh, one of the breaks, and <clears throat> I peeked inside the. I didn't have to really peek; the door was open. But the Kawasaki setup, and it looked like clutch was first priority. Getting it, getting the bike cooled down, get a clutch in it, change the oil, and then you know add gas and nut and bolt check. That's what it looked like to me was the real process, um, which you kind of just went over. But I don't think there's really time for anything else. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and that and that could be an issue. So, well, um, clutch, that's what I think it. The clutch is the whole. Yeah, that's the the crux of all of this. The Cl- bike is red hot. The clutch is probably the hottest part of all, except maybe what the muffler. And yeah. that's where you got to go to work. Yep, yep. And um, you know, again, yeah, changing a tire or a wheel for uh, for for Anaheim or whatever. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what uh, what happens down the road. But they're good. I I was very entertained in Detroit. Uh, all night long, very exciting, and I think both of you say that. And I just, I know there's people out there that are yelling and screaming, "This is bullshit," and the format's bullshit, and these aren't real men, and everything's bullshit. <laughs> um, but I just, I, I don't know, man. I think if if you were in the seats in Detroit, I think I think you were entertained. I think yeah, you, it I just think, keeps coming. Like the racing just right. keeps coming. Yep. I mean, poor privateers. You know, we lose out on the LCQ. We lose out on seeing those guys, and I get it. Uh, my heart goes for those guys. We're having a Yamaha raffle. You know, it's up to over $17,000 that we're giving to privateers. So I like those guys, and I feel for them. But <laughs> Seriously, though, when you, you know, one of these races ended, you got up, used the restroom, and by the time you came back, guys were back on the starting line again. Yeah. Like, it, it was really fast in the moment, which that's awesome. That, you know, and, and we've talked about this over and over to – I'm not going to say use the term grow the sport because I, I get so sick of that, but to give people a reason to spend money on it, which is the most important, keeping our fan base spending money, yeah. we got to give them the best product possible. And I think we're on to something. I think we are giving them a better product. And I know we can't do it every round, but where we can, I think it really makes a difference. 
yeah, we'll see what happens going forward from here. Um, all right, so last week I was very high on Cooper Webb, and that was the kind of race that was amazing and, and kind of race that people look at, and if he wins the title, you go out. And that, that's kind of give him the push over the edge. And, and I also, you know, we spent 20 minutes dis- discussing Eli Tomac, and I think we all agreed that it was a huge weekend for him. Well, he answered. He went one one six. He told me on the plane yesterday that he was in third gear off the start for the last main event. Not sure how that happens, but he he, uh, he blew it, and he had to come from way back to sixth. Uh, but he was dominant the first one. That first one, JT, Brayton was leading. Wygant just losing his mind, freaking out, and, and Tomac got him. And he started, well, he got three or four guys by cutting down on that one berm. And it was an amazing ride. And, and Tomac, it almost sucks, JT, that he, he was so good, but he only got three points. Webb got second overall. But uh, it was an amazing ride by Eli. Yeah, I think that's what kind of Chad was making the point in your post-race interview with him was that, you know, Eli had such a dominant night and could have made up a ton of points with his effort and and didn't. Um, but at the same time, you know, his his last ride where he went one one six, he, you know, you never know if he was sure that he had the, the overall wrapped up. Uh, he probably had some sort of notification from his mechanic that he did. But his, his last main event ride wasn't that stellar by any means. Uh, but, yeah, in a, in a situation like that, he was 16 points going de- going in. And after the first two main events, if they were points paying, man, he could have really changed the whole narrative on the series going into that third, third main event. Uh, but, yeah, as it stands, uh, I think Cooper Webb did a fantastic job of damage control. He looked really off all day. Uh, I did not like his chances of doing well at night. And, and even in the ma- first main event, that was still the case. But to his credit, he figured it out. He got the starts when he needed to. And he, you know, even though he was struggling in the whoops, even in the main events, he got it done. And he, yeah, okay, he lost three points, big deal. But he gained points on the other guys. He gained points on Roxanne. He gained points his, on Marvin. So His lead was, he, uh, he grew his lead. So Yeah, great. I mean, great job. I, I think, you know, that's... You're correct, right? Um, but it's there's always a story within a story with that comment because Eli, he didn't grow the lead over Eli, and you're always kind of, well, I lost points here. But you, his overall lead, yes, I, I know what you're saying. He's got a six-point lead now. Uh, but it, the way that day was looking in the afternoon, if you just said, hey, you're going to get second overall, and the only person you're going to point, lose points to is Eli, pff, he would have taken that so fast it would have made your head spin. So we just told Max we're just – that's where we're at with Eli. It's just, it's it's baffling, and will it continue to be baffling? Yeah, I mean, we've had plenty of examples before, but I don't think we can get a bit more concrete example of what we just saw in these last seven days. Like, <laughs> terrible and awesome. Yeah, I talked to. I, I mean, he's. We say Eli's going to Eli, but to get it back to back weekends, that was incredible. He was really good. That first oh. main event was. Was really Dude, he was else. 11th, they said, on lap one. It was a 12-minute plus one-lap race. Yeah. yeah. He had to pass one rider per minute. How angry were you at the Brayton? Yeah, I mean, it was looking so good. It was looking so good. I mean, I don't know what people, when they're watching on TV, see compared to us, you know, when you get to see the entire stadium. They were so far ahead. He and Chad were so far ahead. Yeah. I mean, Eli had no chance. And then... Before the white flag, they got the white flag. It was like four seconds to spare, and they didn't bring the white flag out, so I was super bummed. Then I'm like, oh, now Brayton's got to hold him for two laps. 
It didn't matter. No, he was gone. It didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. He he really got he caught him quick, quicker than I thought. Um, yeah, but, it was unreal. I was talking track to was John. Pretty cool for that, by the way. You got to give the track some credit. Track was good. Uh, I don't know why mm-hmm. they took out that quad, but it didn't really matter because they still left a little bump and guys were quadding anyways. So and and they looked at the split lane, the other side of where that quad was. The last jump was too high, and before the first qualifying practice. They went and took it like they made a nice adjustment. They, they, that's that's the kind of stuff I'd like to see. Where they're like, you know, JT, we see that all the time. Like things that are obviously slow and never going to be used, and they don't touch it. Mm-hmm. And now this one, they're like, oh look, guys are going too high. It's too yep. big of a jump. Knock it down. And now the lanes were pretty equal. Yeah, I, I wrote about that this morning. Even uh, I even adjusted because I thought about it even more and added to it. Uh, I give them a lot of credit because. I usually don't like split lanes. I just think it's very difficult to get them exactly the same. And that's been our criticism, as you mentioned, that one side's faster than the other, and then you just never end up using one side, and you turn a 20-foot racetrack into a 10-foot wide racetrack, and that's that's not a good idea. But to their credit, as you said, they they have this free time session in the morning, which they can make adjustments to after watching. And they did it, and they got it right. And we saw passing there all night, and I don't know if they were exactly the same speed. I don't, I don't think you can really nail it because guys jump higher and lower and, yeah. and all that stuff. But they were close enough to where if you were behind, you were going to go to the other side because you knew they were close enough that maybe you could make a move. Right. Um, but uh, So I was talking to John Tomac in the morning, and I just was like, I'm trying to pitch him this story, Wygan, that you, you know about. He, he's, not, he's, not, he's not on board yet, but I hope it happens, Weege. It'll be great. Yeah, I, I, I would – you basically um, want to hang out with them, which I understand why they'd be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be. yeah. I mean, sure. my wife doesn't even want to hang out with me, so I get it. Right. But right. Um, anyway, so I was talking to John, and I was just like, what happened? And he's like, just he wasn't comfortable. You know, he got tight, i.e. pumped up. Um, Eli can't push it when he's not 100% comfy with the bike. Some guys can. I made a mention to John that, yeah, Ricky Carmichael could, um, you know, which is true. And – He's like, yeah, Eli just isn't that way. He isn't that type of guy. And so they went testing, figured some things out, clearly. And uh, that was a little bit of last week's things. But but no excuses from John or Eli. Even Eli asked about it last, you know, was asked about it. And no excuses, just, yeah, it, it was so so mystifying. But so You know what's interesting about Tomac? I'm glad you bring this up. Um, I think we think of him because he's – so dominantly fast at times and does such mind-blowing things. We think of him as like a stew-type crazy balls guy. But in general, I think he doesn't want to be a crasher. I think he doesn't want to get hurt. He actually hasn't had a ton of injuries. I cannot believe this. You know, apparently when he had the rotator cuff injury when he really augured in in uh, Colorado, because it was the only surgery he's ever had in his what career. About- what about when Weimer and him came together and he did his shoulder? Like first lap? Yeah, I don't think that was tr- surgery, though. No he surgery? had a collarbone break where he didn't get it plated, I remember, another time. And oh, his, okay. his mom was like, yeah, he didn't, didn't want to get cut open. Okay, all right. So I think because he goes so fast and is so gnarly at times, you'd think of him as like a NFG wide open, I do not care, I will kill myself uh, uh, to do this obstacle or win this race. But it's actually not quite the way he is, and that's maybe what confuses us so much. No. Like, I think he crashes, he's uncomfortable, and he's like, uh, I'm afraid now, I don't want to get hurt. I disagree. I, I don't think of him that yeah. way, because first of all, don't put anybody in Stu's category. Okay, Don't you ever do all that. Right. Okay, but, all right, but, my bad. But, I, but I, my point last week, and my point to 
other people is like he's an elite rider. Like he's Chad, Ricky, James, Dunge, Villapoto level to me. He's elite. Yeah. And those guys yeah. on their bad days get third. <laughs> get third. No, you're right. They don't get 12th ever. Yes, no. and that's my whole point. Like we don't see the elite guys do that. Stu would crash, but he's never getting 12th. You know? Yeah, but Stu would have an unbelievable yard cell crash and while half punch drunk try to get back on the bike and then jump the dragon back wall thing at Daytona still. Right, right. Well, but yeah, I think but the moment Eli hits the ground, it's, oh, man, this is scary. Right. So he takes yeah. his time getting up, well, then he pumps up, then he rides bad. Or if he's not comfortable with the bike setup, like you said, he's like, that's it. I'm yeah. not yeah. taking but, chances here. But, but, but I'm sure there were times where Dungey and Villapoto weren't comfortable with the bike setup. And Ricky, of course. You know, and, and they, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I am agreeing with you to to a certain degree. I'm just yeah. I'm trying to figure this out, and I'm like, hmm, maybe he's more afraid of getting hurt than you would think for a dude who goes so freaking crazy fast at yeah. times. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I, anyway, so Tomac needed this ride, JT. I am I am back on the Tomac bus. Tomac oh, train. you're back now. I'm back. Pick to wow. win every well, time. Well, I'm just saying, like, like now I'm not ready to give this thing to Webb. Like, I, I, there's, I just. Tomac answered some questions, and maybe he goes on a run. Like, I think he can go on a run. Yeah, I picked him to win on, uh, on you know, some fantasy, Rocky Mountain fantasy website. You have to pick the top five. I picked him to win. So I, I would definitely had faith, and I don't know why I picked him to win. I just thought he looked really good and confident in practice, and he's Eli Tomac. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a big statement. You know, I think he – Serve notice to Cooper that hey, I'm not, I'm not done. Like this is far from over. You know, we're basically halfway now. Um, I don't know what the hell is going to happen. If if you think that you can predict what Eli Tomac's going to do week to week, then good on you because I can't. I, I give up. There, it's just beyond me. Um, but I do like the fact that he's he looks to be back in this thing. And you know, the top four are getting further and further spread out. Now it's a top four within thirteen points, but it's still anybody's series. I, I really believe that. Even though Webb's been incredible, I still think this thing is is really wide open as far as coming down the stretch. Yeah, and like you said, JT, Webb will take that ride all day long. Didn't look great all day. Oh, for sure. Um, I know, mean he so looked honestly he looked terrible. I would even put a terrible on it in practice. Terrible? And, you put a terrible yeah. on it? I, I would uh, for him. For him, yeah, it's yeah, relative, yeah, yeah. right? No. It's relative. No, I know. Yeah, but he just did not look like the guy that we had seen lately. Um, how but much? How to much? To his credit, go how, ahead. How much had to do with the whoops? A lot, a lot. But that's a big part of it, right? That's why I think Brayton and Chad were so good, you know, with the whoops. So it's a, it's a big factor in the track. Um, Asked Thomas Covington, right? Uh, but it's it was one of those things where he wasn't the best guy in the whoops by any means, but he found a way to kind of mitigate the damage and at least just kind of uh, offset it a bit, right, to where it wasn't going to ruin his race. And that's all he had to do because he was good everywhere else and he pulled it together. And I give him a lot of credit, not as much credit as winning Arlington and the comeback, but I thought it was a huge race for Webb, um, not as big as Tomac but big because he was having a horrible day, as I said, and he found a way to pull a second overall out of it. Um, Brayton was good in the whoops, Weege. I know you were excited when they were big, and Brayton was, in practice, he was killing them. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about those whoops because um, Marv and Cooper Webb were not good in the whoops, and some people were saying, see, they've been lucky. They've been jumping whoops. 
you know, we've had a lot of rain, a lot of muddy races, and the whoops breaking down a lot of these races. Blitzing has not been the absolute must technique at a lot of the races. Probably you could say it was at Glendale. Marvin Webb were not that good there either. But uh, when the whoops are blitzers, dude, freaking Brayton and Reed, straight to the charts. Yeah. yeah. Big hits. Um, and, it, and it worked that way. So a lot of talk before the season. Can Chad Reed get a podium? We all said he could. He's got one. Rode well all day. Uh, three five seven in the three-man events. Um, didn't qualify well again, which is strange because we talked about those whoops. I like to see the segment times. I didn't look at the segment times, but I should. I wonder if Chad was just, you know. Any- oh, he was way better. I mean, you could see it, like, visual. I know you're, you're looking for specific times, but it was so visual. I mean, he was. Well, if we didn't have the whoops, though, what, what the hell would he have been because he was still 14th? <laughs> yeah, he would have been okay. You know? I mean, he, that was the most impressive thing, I think, about Chad's riding is the whoops were his strength. Don't get me wrong. He was great there. So was Brayton. But he wasn't getting killed everywhere else. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't noticeably losing time on the other parts of the track ride. I think we've seen that at other rounds this year where he's just, he's just not as fast as the other guys in some spots. He didn't look that way to me. Uh, the triple in the first main event was hurting him. He figured that out and just stepped it up. Put, as he told you, he put it in first gear and just, you know, sent it. I know. I can't believe he said first for that thing. Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the, the upside of having a factory transmission I is guess, yeah. first gear and just send it. But I would have killed for first gear a factory transmission when, yeah, I, was, when but I was racing. That still seems bigger than a first, that, that jump. Like, nah, it, it depends on how you ride. For me, I used first a lot. Right. So for me, having a longer first would have been everything. Um, but, but the bigger point was he looked fast everywhere else, and then you add the whoops on top of it, and yeah, podium comes out of it. Uh, did you see he denied that Troll was doing it? Like he, 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 yeah. I mean, I, we all watched it. You can't, you can't deny. Yeah, it. Like, we, were just, we were watching him. Do I just it. felt like I was talking to a crazy person there. Well, I mean, I, you know Chad, right? Like, yes. there, there's Chad's opinion, and then everybody else is wrong. I was like thinking to myself, like, am, now I'm doubting myself. Like, what did I not see that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I rode well, got a podium. So, I would say Weech, like, this thing, this JGR Suzuki Chad thing, is already worked. It's already done its job. Oh, yeah, at this point. Yeah. I mean, just this result alone. And by the way, yes, we did think that he could get a podium this year. But I don't want to give ourselves that much credit. The field is still deep. It's still stacked. I think we were like, oh, if guys are hurt or there's a mud race. Yeah. There's a lot of good guys, and it's triple crown, so there's no fluking into anything. You've got to replicate it three times. You know, it's not just like epic first-turn crash and you just hold on. No. You know, this was just straight-up earned. Uh, there were no asterisks or, or anything. I, I almost feel bad for the guy now. Whenever there's rain in the forecast, fans are like, oh, Chad Reed. I'm like, so we're just saying that he has no shot. Unless it's muddy. <laughs> we- uh, this was solid. And I know it's not like he went 3-3-3 three, three, three in the three mains, but I failed to realize how much the triple crown, you think of him as not a sprinter, so the short races don't help, but the craftiness, I think, sometimes comes in handy when you have three races and there's just so many weirdo race scenarios you're going to deal with throughout the course of a night. His experience, I think, helps there. In the press conference uh, afterwards when I was interviewing him, Dan Truman and Chad and I and J-Bone, maybe you were there, Weege. We were like, when is the last time yeah. they got a podium? And, <laughs> dude, we struggled. J-Bone did not know. We, we think it was Pike, huh, JT, right, a couple years ago? I would have to assume it was Pike, yeah. Pike did get a third, I believe, in a Supercross, yeah. So, oh, yeah, oh, he, he's had, got, he's he had, had podium. Several. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. so yeah. that was all we could do. And, it, well, Weezy, did you bring up Stu and Millsaps? <laughs> Please tell me. Was that you? Who brought that up? No, I think you did that. You're like, was it Daytona? No, I did not say that. You did. Yeah, Stu. Yeah, sure he did. 
That was yeah, a dick. That move. was a seven that, years ago. That was a dick. I move. hope not. That was a dick move by me then. If I did that, <laughs> seven years. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it's already worked out really well. Uh, the third is going to be a big deal. So. Uh, for those guys, uh, Roxon. I'm going to tell you something hilarious or okay. crazy or not so here. Okay. So I asked the guys. I, I hung out with some of the guys last night. Not Chad, but some of the other guys hung out, and uh, you know we're all locals, so we hang out sometimes. Was Ralph there? Said, was Ralph there? Ralph was not there. Okay. Ralph's probably working some other gigs, probably on Sunday night also. I said, "Is Chad ever faster than Hill when they ride together?" Nope. <laughs> I go, "Is Hill beating Chad at any of the races this year?" Nope. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I'm not surprised at either one of those statements. Uh, JT, would you like to discuss what exactly Hill was doing out there? Would you? Uh, I would love to discuss it. I just don't have an answer. Um, <laughs> it sounded to me like he uh, he was tired. Was his um, his excuse? Careful. He he there worked too hard during the week. <laughs> tired as in worn out from a hard week of training is is what it sounds like was going on. He. Didn't look good out there. Um, nope. All right. Uh, Roxon, I guess, had the flu, right? Did you guys see that on his, on his social Oh, post? I didn't know that. So, yeah, Roxon had the flu. He said he wasn't feeling it, wasn't feeling well or whatever. So he kind of had a so-so lap, uh, so-so race. Couldn't lead a first lap, I guess, either, huh, JT? Just oh, couldn't. man, yeah, that hurt. Couldn't lead that a hurt. first lap. You um, know, I think the uh, he that makes so much sense because I kept watching him, obviously, and – when I was just trying to figure out what he was kind of his race was all about and where his head was at. And I kept seeing opportunities for him to kind of take the reins here and, and win one of those individual races and find a way to reel some points back in. He just didn't look like he had the intensity or the charge to, yeah. to make it happen. And that's, that's usually not Kenny. Kenny is, is opportunistic in those scenarios. And uh, I didn't see any, any fire intensity from him. So as you say that, it, it totally makes sense. Baggett rode well. He, him and Barsha got together. I didn't see a problem with it, Weege. I guess Rocky. Yeah, that was this week's. In. That yep. was this week's. There's, uh, I mean, we know about Bowers and Barsha last week. Uh, that was this week's one that led to controversy. But do we know, did, did Barsha get in trouble? What's up, JT? Do you know anything? Uh, I know he got a talking to because there was okay. a residual effect from his Bowers run-in. Uh, but I don't think that anything happened from it. I, I think I know they were reviewing the tape. That's all I can really tell oh, you okay. from the tape I saw. I don't think anything yeah. was going to come from that. I thought it was fine. He he got in there, and I mean, I guess you know the way that he kind of went backwards a little bit after that, you would be a bit bummed. Like, what are you doing? You know, like because there's a bit of etiquette out there with these guys. But I thought it was fine. It was it left Blake on the ground. I'm sure he was pissed. I'm sure the team's pissed. I get it. But it was a super cross block pass to me. He got there. Before Blake, he dove in on him, you know. He, he didn't go straight for the exit of the turn, like freeze on Pike. I always use that one because that one to me was, like, terrible. Like, freeze yeah. just going straight, you know. Um, yep. That was And I'll be the first to admit, when I, in the moment when I saw it, I thought it was much worse. I was on the back side of that corner, mm-hmm. and all I could see was Blake pinned against the berm. So... I thought, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought there was a lot of contact, and, and I couldn't see it that well. But then, and I think the same thing happened for Barsha, is that they pulled him inside. They couldn't see it either, right? It happened in the moment, and, and they're assuming it was bad. I think they pulled him in the trailer to go over it, and then I'm assuming that once they reviewed it, that they said, okay, yep, we see it, no problem, everybody, let's move along. And that's the same thing I basically did. I saw pictures and video of it, and I'm like, okay, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought, so let's let's carry on and everybody go home. Yeah, <laughs> everybody go home. Um, 
Marsha had an up and down uh, race, 10 7 3 for him. Marv went 9 4 4. Marv's streak of podiums, I think, ends at six. It was six in a row for Marv. Been podium. podium six in a row. Wow, I didn't know that. Something like that. Um, okay. hold on. Let me check. Go ahead, you guys. I think round three on. So three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five. 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 Five, five, yeah. five in a row. So um, yep. his streak ends. Joey Savacci looked good all day, all uh, all night. He looked good. Crashed in the last one. Otherwise, would have been uh, way up there. He was, I think, was he running third when he went down? Yeah, he was in the mix there. Yep. He was he was looking good. Looks He's like impressive, what I'm talking though. about these triple crowns, man. You almost can't remember each position, each lap, or yeah. what all happened. Yeah. I, I think, uh, and we have talked about it some, but I really think Joey deserves a lot of praise. I mean, when you look at the rookie class, we almost dismissed him as being the best of this group to come out of the 250s. And I think unfairly, he's been really good. You know, okay, yeah, the on paper, that result's not going to jump out. But when you really dissect it and you watch the videos and look at his speed and you go back and watch Minneapolis and see how good he was there, and he's had flashes. You know, the Oakland thing, you take that and actually apply it as a real result. He's been great. Like, I, I've never been a huge Joey Savacci guy, like as far as, you know, on the bandwagon or anything, but... I, I like to give credit when it's due, and uh, I think he deserves it. He, uh, we were talking to Mitch Payton, Weege and I were, and he switched agents this week. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, switched agents. So that kind of oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, yeah uh, I think it was there's a little – he's got a – same agent pretty much everybody else has these days. Can't be stopped. Can't <laughs> stop <right>. him. <laughs> yep. Um, I think, Australian? look, he, we all knew the one-year deal he had was yes, a little yes, JT. He was in a risky position, and I think he knows he's riding well, and it's, he's trying to get some security here. But you're not going to – it's not his old agent's fault that he hasn't locked up a deal for 2020, like to me anyways. Like, no, I don't think yeah, that was implied, though. Right. Like, it's just more like I'm feeling a sense of urgency, not like we're already past the point or anything like yeah. that. Um, I, don't think, I don't think there was, like, beef or anything. I just – I wonder how it's going to play out. Like, so I've been saying – like they'll put maybe they'll do three bikes. Like AC wants to move up, says he wants to move up. All of that is on timeline to move up, and I don't think Cowie's letting him go. I just don't see that happening, and I don't see him wanting to leave. And Joey's been riding really well and has proved that maybe he deserves a spot. So I've been saying three bikes. Peyton said nope, they won't do three bikes. I I think that regardless of the, and I agree with that. I don't think they're going to do three either. I think they'll have a hard decision to make. But I think uh, that Joey's doing everything he can to lobby himself for another spot, whether oh, it's yeah. uh, the, the second HRC spot or yep. wherever. I think he's riding well enough. He's going to get something. Cause oh, yes, yes. Where he's finishing and where he's running, his speed, somebody's going to want that. No, a factory deal is what you're yep. – yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. J- JGR maybe? Uh, it could be JGR. It could be a deal like Rocky Mountain KTM. Yep. It could be lots of options, but I think he's proven the point that, hey, I belong, yep. I, and, which is – I think the most critical. I That's see, what he needed to establish. I see McElrath going to Blake Baggett's spot. If, if it, it, the, no, to Blake Baggett's teammate. Well, Baggett's I got see. a long-term deal. No, Blake Baggett's teammate, sorry. Teammate. No, oh, no, sure. No. And that, I don't know. I so, don't know. I have no idea. I haven't talked to anyone involved about it. Right. My bigger point is just yeah. I didn't know what the future held for Joey. Right. I'm pretty sure he's going to stay on, a fa- on factory equipment no matter what now. Does he, does, does he get a just one year deal again? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I just made that up. Um, okay, so Osborne, Zacho, it's just steady. No flashes from Zacho. 
So, but steady. He did have a weird crash. Did you guys see that in practice? Went over the, kind of went looped out, but he got caught on the bike and then kind of flew with the bike into another lane. Like it was actually kind of scary and did that and then got up and checked his nuts right away. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, it was really weird. He like checked. I didn't see it. He checked his nuts and then checked his hand as if there was like, he was thinking he was bleeding from there. I was running an errand, and I missed the whole thing. I was following along via text message from several people, which was entertaining, but yeah. I did not see it. Right, right. So, Well, we had our new guy, uh, Mitch Kendra, our new guy in the office. I think he started about in uh, December. Uh, so we're finally east enough races for Morgantown people to be rolling over. So he came. So he had never uh, – you know, he's tr- fresh out of college, so he's never covered a race working for an industry thing and gone inside team trucks. So that was his first experience ever was to go over to the Rockstar Husky truck to check on Osborne and Covington. So what an eye-opening experience. As we go in, Zach introduces himself, Dean introduces himself. They were cool. And then Zach proceeds to give detailed handlebar to the nuts, you know, what was affected, what was hurt, then jokes about pictures and I'll send you proof, and Dean getting in on it and saying that Zach roosted him in the nuts earlier. Um, just a lot of that right. just going around on that topic. Right. So quite an eye-opening experience for Mitch. First time ever in a team truck, first discussion ever, and it's about just nonstop nut conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, Osborne and Plessinger were two guys that I never really noticed in all three main events. Look, Osborne got 10th, uh, Aaron got 12th. Can't say I saw any moments of brilliance from them, but they had good nights. You know, did you guys, anything from either one of those guys stand out for you two? Nope, same for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only time I did, I I was interested to see where Zach is. Obviously, my occupation, I was very curious to see how that was going to go. And also, I was very bitter at his fantasy performance in Arlington. So I was uh, curious to see how badly he was going to burn me on points. Uh, for Plessinger, the only time I really, really paid attention to him was in that last main event. He pulled up on Chad and tried to make a pass, and that was for the podium. And then Chad responded and picked his pace up and pulled away. That was the main time I watched Plessinger because I thought he was going to get him. He looked faster, and then Chad responded, and, and you know, he sealed the deal. Uh, Dino got taken down in that last main by, uh, by Roxon. I thought it was mm-hmm. fine. I mean, it's just, yeah, collision there between them. I don't think either guy would – or I don't think Dino could be too mad about that. Um, but Dean had, a, he had an up-and-down night. He would have probably been much higher had he not crashed right there. I think he was – there was that – in that third main – like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, which are just a freight train of dudes. Uh, which again, triple count excitement, catch the fever. It was great. Um, Bogle's been bad the last, not bad, I guess that's probably a, a wrong word to use, but Bogle hasn't ridden while well the last two weeks. JT, is, is he okay? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with him in the, in the last one. I think he just basically was not going to try in the last one or whatever but um i haven't i've been in the truck some but i was running around a lot this weekend i don't think he's injured like when i've seen him he's just been watching video with burner but uh yeah to your point it hasn't gone well he's had crashes and hasn't gotten the starts and all kinds of. i think two of the three mains like early on he was way dead last so went down somewhere you know um yeah this weekend uh what else he almost won the last one what what do you mean? What, what, are you what are you talking about? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Baggett. I'm like, what? You're in the truck and he's fine? Like, oh, Bogle. Okay. Bogle. 
Yeah, the dude. Stay with right. us. The other guy in the truck. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It has changed drastically. Ryan Brees made a clutch move on Ronnie Stu in the LCQ to get in. Good job for Ryan Brees. Took him right out. And uh, Martinez was just short, but got in because Sealy couldn't race. Sealy got a, yeah. I guess, a brick. Like I heard it was a rock, but then someone told me no, it was like a real brick um, to the <laughs> chest. So Sealy couldn't race. We had to cover Baggett, too. We didn't really touch on him oh, too much. Okay. Um, <clears throat> he had a really bad one of the three. One of the three races was really bad. Uh, the second one, I believe. Uh, but then the third one, you know, they were, you know, Forrest was disappointed and they were pissed off and they, you know, Blake was mad at himself and everything else about the second one. And then the third one, he rips the whole shot and almost wins the damn thing. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's in the mix again, you know, he's 50 something points down, which, Mm -hmm. which sucks for the championship. But you know, the most interesting thing of that whole race was Cooper and he were having this big battle and you could see how important that triple was before the finish. And they were both still being able to pull it off at the end of the race. And then the last lap, I knew Cooper, I knew Cooper was going to dive inside to protect it. And as, as Blake's coming through the whoops, I'm literally yelling, go outside and triple, like go to your main line and set up and triple. And you can pass him because I, I just knew, and I'm, I'm thinking clearly and my heart rate's low and I'm not in the middle of this race. Right. So I can analyze things and see things that Blake can't. Um, but I just knew that Cooper would, dive to the inside and go two two to protect against the block pass because that's just normal instinct. And then Blake <laughs> Blake got a run in the whoops and then tried to dive even further inside and really wasn't that close and wasn't able to make a move and I was just so distraught because I knew in hindsight you know, even hindsight now, if you if you really stop and look at it, if he had just forget about what Cooper's doing, take your normal line and triple, you he probably would have got past him there and, and won the race. And I was talking to Blake's dad about it. And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, things are happening so fast. I'm like, Oh, I trust me. I get it. You just, there was an opportunity there. And wow. you know, the bigger point is he rode well and it was a crazy good race it's, and all that. And it really wouldn't have mattered in the overall that much anyway. Well, it goes back uh, to what we just saying about five different things, five different ways. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. and just in the moment, I kind of, I don't know, I'm like I said, I'm watching the whole race go down, and I'm thinking very clearly and analytically while these guys are heart rates are maxed out and they're out of breath and they're in the you know battle to the death here on the last lap. So it's a completely different scenario, but you just you look and you see the opportunity there, and as a you know a right. big supporter and and help I help with that team and sponsor the team, the brand network, everything that I'm tied in with that team. I'm just like, damn, we could have won one there, you know, if, if things had gone a little differently. Yep, absolutely. Um, what else? Uh, Chiz didn't Chiz. And, uh, yep, JT, just one of those weeks where, uh, you know, picked him in a fantasy and he didn't do it. So, thanks, Chiz. It was, uh, that was scary. We saw a lot of people crash uh, in that one spot throughout practice and racing and uh, the 250 main, the third 250 main event. There were some big crashes there as well. It was a pretty nasty section, and I, I was scared Chiz was hurt. Uh, once he got up and wasn't hurt, I would, you know, obviously that was the most important thing. But um, no, yeah, to your point, of, as far as Chisholm not crashing a lot and finishing almost every race, yeah, that didn't happen. Chiz did not Chiz in this race. He did not. Uh, his, his two two the other two team members were up with us, Weege, in the press box. <laughs> yes, uh, the LCQ being held during the day program. Uh, and then not making it gave them plenty of time yes. to hang out during the night show. Yes. And they were not happy. Well, actually, A-Ray was not happy. I'm not sure. Deuce Deuce. No, nah, Deuce Deuce was fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, all right, everybody. Fly Racing Racer X podcast, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Blake Baggett wearing fly, Zach Osborne wearing fly. Uh, and, and I'm pretty sure Zach's, you know, he would have had a way worse injury to the nuts, JT, if it wasn't for fly racing pants that held up fantastic form. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I can go along with that. Maybe we'll make an ad out of it. Right. Uh, Formula Helmet also. People have these yet, JT? Are they in dealers? Uh, they are. Uh, they just arrived at port yesterday. Oh, That's good news. Okay. So they should be showing up hopefully in the next few days to our warehouses and out. So it's uh, we're getting oh, close. So I've been talking about these, and no one's been able to get them yet. They're on order, but no one's been able to actually get one. Yeah, dealers have not received theirs oh, yet. Um, just wait, everybody. Like, just wait. Just wait. It looks like the kinetic mesh stuff and the the – Formula helmets are probably going to arrive pretty close to each other, which is in the next you know week to ten days they'll be arriving. What about the Pulpomex shirts? Do we have an update? Uh, I don't know. You know how angry I am about the availability on those, but right. we will have them at some point. I promise you, they're overdue right now. Thanks to uh, Maxis as well. Maxis MSST tires. Uh, the cat making the main event and just running away in that LCQ. By the way, on his on his Maxis tires, like I was pretty surprised. The cat just took off. The cat did not. He did come that was impressive? Yeah, like that was, Yep. Just all those guys in there. You think it'd be a battle to the death? I mean, not not that he won was fine, but that he took off was surprising. Good job for the cat. It was, it was Todd the hoop, bro. Yeah, yeah. The hoopster was there. I don't know what that means. The hoopster was there. He said he was there analyzing video and helping him gain a lot of time. Yep. The hoop. It wasn't oh, okay, quite cool. the Jeremy Martin trainer level guy, but uh, you want to know a good story about Todd the hoop? Yeah. Two thousand three. I'm staying with Nick Way in Michigan over the summer. So stayed at his house for, I don't know, two or three months. We go riding every day. It was just a great way to get out of Florida and ride with somebody faster than me. And it was actually nice to be able to ride instead of just sweating to death because you actually get to practice instead of, you know, just trying to manage survival through the heat. Uh, but anyway, we go to this um, practice track, and a guy says, hey, they're, they do these midweek races and, uh, you know, they paid decent money or whatever, you should, you should go. And I was like, oh, all right, whatever. Like, I'm up for it. I'm, I'm always up for going to race somewhere and try to make some money. I go there, and I have to battle Todd DeHoop to the death. It was unbelievable. It was like an indoor, like, arena cross track and like a, I don't even know, like a, a hall, basically, in the, you know, that was built inside. The only reason I beat him is because he crashed his brains out. Otherwise, Todd DeHoop still had me covered yep. in 2003. Yep. From 19, all day long. 1988, 125 champion, still had you covered. Yep. Yeah, I don't even know how old he was, but yeah. I can promise yeah. you that I don't think I would have beaten him. It was close. Like, I was following him. I don't think I was going to be able to find a way to pass him. And, yeah, then he just crashed his brains out. All right. It was like the time that uh, Vince Devane beat you in Florida. <laughs> Vince Devane did not beat me. And that was at a practice track, and Timmy is out of his mind. That's Timmy, what Timmy said that. Timmy. Oh, I know what Timmy said. And Timmy was trying to piss me off, which he fully accomplished. All right. But it doesn't <laughs> JT getting handled by Vince Devane and Todd DeHoop. <laughs> not. Vince Devane is fast. Don't get me wrong. Right. Vince Devane was fast, but this is at a time when I was, like, you know, getting I, 9, 10, 11, 12 at Nationals. I heard, Vince Devane was not beating me. I heard uh, uh, Rex Staten also took it to you one week. <laughs> Yes, Rocket Rex. <laughs> Rocket Rex was uh, he was a he was a man amongst boys, right. literally when I was a boy. Right. Uh, also, to MSO Maxis and Alpine Stars, the Tech Ten boot out now. Uh, they've made some redesigns to it. They've made some improvements to it. Alpine Stars Tech Ten, the most advanced boot in motocross today, and Slick Products. Uh, go to the website slickproductsusa.com. A uh, code word is Steve to save twenty uh, percent on any of their wash kits. So I've got I've got this for my 
my bike, and it's fantastic. Simple three-step wash process. Slick products guarantees you the bike will look great after every wash. And listen to this commercial. Or actually, never mind. We don't have a commercial anymore. Listen to these. No, uh, I got something, though. I got something. Wait, wait. I got to finish the other one. Uh, Racetech, right. Racetech.com. Please check them out. Ben LeMay, wrenched by Big Nasty this weekend. Big Nasty made his return. Ben LeMay qualified 13th overall. Not a coincidence. On his Racetech uh, Honda, Racetech.com, suspension and motors. Pulp 19 is the code to save at Racetech. Go ahead, Weech. Speaking of uh, keeping the bikes clean mm-hmm. and uh, riders that rode on old motorcycles, mm-hmm. got the Daytona Vintage Supercross, first time ever. It'll be Tuesday after the Daytona Supercross, so we'll have Daytona Supercross on Saturday night, as always. Two days of the Ricky Carmichael Amateur Supercross there. And we used to have the Fly Racing. Yeah, what ATV happened? Supercross. What happened? I think the ATV motocross market is going one way and the vintage dirt bike market is going the other. That would be my that'd be my guess. JT, what happened to yeah. Fly Racing Quad Race? Uh, I think that it was a big deal, right? Then all the, everybody went and then it's lost its uh its novelty a bit for for the quad community. I think signups were down a bit last year. And uh, I think they just decided to try something else. I mean, let's face it, you can't even really go buy a new race quad hardly these days. It's it's difficult to be a, a quad racer anymore. So um, okay. we'll see. Maybe it'll come back one day. So it's not the fly racing vintage race, though? Like you didn't just it move it over there? It okay, all right. So, um, yeah, vintage race. Fly right. racing owns quad racing. We know this. Right. Owns the podium. Got it dialed. Vintage. They do have, a, they do have a pro quad race. vintage gear? Hmm? They so, do have a pro quad race that day, though. So Stanton is oh, racing. Oh, they do? Okay. Yes, Anyways, Pro Quads race that day. Moving on. Stanton is racing oh. this vintage thing? He's like Grand Marshal, and I know he's got bikes. I don't know. Is he racing? He probably would. I could see that. Oh. He's going to be there. Ask uh, Wallenberg. Can you imagine six time on a Daytona course again? I mean, he just ruled that place, yeah, right? Just destroyed that place. So, that's um, true. So, okay, so this is on, uh, yeah, we got to pump this thing up. They want us to promote this so vintage if you yeah, got a vintage bike march 12th yeah march 12th mm-hmm. go down there it's it's super gonna be super sick yeah first of all bike week if you folks haven't experienced it i'm sure a lot of our listeners have because bike week's a, a thing if you're into this but first of all just to get out of the freaking weather in 50 percent of the country that time of year is awesome there's a lot to see and do and mathis you've been banging this vintage drum for a couple of years now that this is there's a there's a significant movement here yeah so they, they really are it works yeah i yeah. um I built three of these things up, and so I've done a lot of research and stuff. And yeah, it's crazy. Um, people are into these things, and they're pretty gnarly. So uh, it'd be fun. Yeah, so it's cool. Check it out. Yep. All right, uh, Fly Racing Race Rex Podcast two fifty class. Forkner, I mean he he's still undefeated, but finally someone led laps other than than Austin Forkner. Congratulations to Jordan Smith. I think he led two, three. How many laps did Smith lead in the first the first gangbang? Oh, I thought he led half. Just one, I think. Just, okay. just the first He one. led over the finish line and then bobbled in the turn after it. Yep. Hold on. So he led two uh, two turns. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just one lap. Just one mm-hmm. lap. Yep. Um, yep. Let me see if there was anything else. Mm. If he if Forkner didn't case the triple, he would have led zero turns. So Forkner, yeah. okay, so Forkner has led every single lap but one and won everything to start the 250 class. So, yep. Uh which, I mean, we thought he could do this. This was his potential. This isn't coming out of nowhere. He's that good of a rider. But he's figured it out, Weege. Yeah, it's a great point. It's like surprising, not surprising. You know, to give credit to the other riders, it's not like we were just saying Forkner is going to dominate. But seeing him do it isn't a shock 
either. So I know exactly where you're going there. But at the same time, in these regional series, dude, we've seen guys do this. And half the time, they don't even end up winning the title. So it's certainly not over. You know, you have one bad night in these nine-race series or eight-race series, what they are year to year. You never know. I mean, the year Tomac won the title, I believe, in 2012. And then in 2013, I was like, oh, dude, there's no chance. He will win seven of eight races. There is no chance he doesn't win the title. And he did not win the title. He did the same thing. He dominated the first three rounds. Then he augured in the whoops one week, blew it in Salt Lake City also, and Roxham won the title. So it's crazy how you can be the best guy, the fastest guy, and still not even win the title. So I don't know how to interpret this yet. But he's it's, freaking on fire right now, no doubt about that. Uh, I've seen this before with different riders. And you watch him in practice. He can take any line that he wants. He can do any obstacle that he wants, uh, go over the table, go on the table. Like, lappers are there or guys are in his way. It doesn't matter. He'll adjust it. He'll rip through the corner. Like, he can put the bike anywhere he wants. He's just able to lay down incredible laps and not even be bothered. He'll crash it now. Um, yeah, crashed again. <laughs> he had a crash, in, yep. in, in, in Detroit. But he just he's simply on another level right now. And, and uh, uh, Smith hurt his wrist. He was went two two four on the night, hurt his wrist uh, during the week, and and it was sketchy for him to even race. So good job for Jordan to, to do that. It's bone bone bruise. Sexton can't get a start, so he ain't gonna run a Forkner without a start. JT. Yes and no. I mean, his starts weren't terrible every time. No, but but, but they're not. Where it's they, gonna take yeah, it's right. gonna take more than that. He's gonna have to get the whole shot because right from what I've seen so far, even if he starts second, I don't know that he can beat him starting behind him. Uh, I, to me, right now, the way I look at it, and I wrote this this morning, it's on RacerX Online right now, the only person that's going to beat Austin Forkner is Austin Forkner. I, I don't think that anybody else with, you know, Jordan's wrist is sore, Sexton's starts aren't good enough. I don't see anybody in this class that can beat him consistently with the way he's putting this thing together. I just don't see it. Um. Yeah, I agree. Uh so Smith and Sexton go two three on the night, and they were probably well. Sexton went four four two. Justin Cooper rode well to get a podium in two of the motos. Uh, came up. You see his uh, last lap pass. That was pretty pretty good. Didn't change anything. Didn't it? Literally did not change anything in the results. But it was yeah. it was impressive. Um, yeah, on on uh, on Smith right in the yep yeah yep. I am waiting for the triple crown race where something crazy happens in the last lap. Some dude goes balls out to make the pass and then finds out five minutes later that it made no difference whatsoever because that just happened. experienced guys <laughs> that literally just happened yeah well there you go right because i'm the very experienced guys like tomac did say it was on his pit board he knew six was good enough you know you figure a guy like chad's in the situation he's probably going to check the pit board and know what's up but in the 250s there's no way those guys are consciously thinking about points every minute it's the last lap they're going for passes yeah i mean he went for a really aggressive move on jordan and it changed zero so i, I i'm Assuming he did, it already happened. Okay. Yeah, like, but 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 you can't, like Jordan can't be like, hey, dude, it didn't even count. Like you can't. No, no, yeah, no I don't yeah, think either right. one of no, them. No, yeah, did. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you you never know when you're out there. Right. Uh, what else? Amart got a podium, tripled before the finish. I mean, we know when there's big jumps, Weege, we know who's going to do. It's Alex Martin. <laughs> got pushed off on the start. JT, that first turn never developed as scarily as you thought before the race. It didn't, and I talked about this in breakdown too. That was a great question posed uh, because I was pretty adamant about this last week. 
they, I think they did a good job. They made the first jump really small. So the, these guys were in their breaking zone trying to turn. They didn't have this big jump to deal with and get, you know, take their wheels off the ground, which disallows braking and sends them all to the outside. So I thought that was a good adjustment in the track design. And then I thought they did a good job of, of putting the single jumps far enough from the apex of the first corner that these guys had a chance to gain their composure and get straightened out. So I was happy about it. I don't want to see anybody crash. I've just seen crashes in those style, style corners so often. Uh, and then I think the, the final factor was the dirt was really tacky, which allowed those guys to actually turn instead of sliding as they you know, kind of tried to pivot. Uh, so all those things, you know, really attributed to a much more successful six or, you know, six or eight races, depending on if you're counting the LCQs through the first corner. And, and it worked out good for everybody. Um, the first turn wasn't even a, a factor in the race, which is, is a good thing. The Marty Amart bet is strong, and they found themselves together a couple times. So keep an eye on that. Mitch said, Mitch Payton says he gets people asking him about it too. So Marty uh, beat him, got one point on him in the standing. So five and six. Exciting times. You were very. What, Amar uh, is riding awesome, though. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna mention that when you said he was tripling in. I think that's a pretty cool thing for Suzuki and for JGR because we know the the Suzuki needed a big up, update for 2019, and a lot of people had made snide comments about Pow being down on power and everything in the past few years. He was one of the only guys doing that jump, so I think that says a lot for Suzuki. Uh, as far as where they've where they've gotten to with that bike, his corner speed's good, dude. He's so tiny, so tiny. He just stays low. He, oh man, he's he ripped the turns like a bull turn. Stays mm-hmm. lower and just rips him. Um, and I think that's a Suzuki strength on top of it. The engine, yeah. I get it. Like they probably deserve some of the flack they took last year, but Suzuki's have always cornered like yep. that. I mean, that's that's their strong suit. Um, what else from two fifties stood out? Anything else? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I just don't... watching the 450 race back right now, and I'm just seeing battles like eight dudes in the same straight. Like this is just nuts. This is just nuts <laughs> to have this season this much parity in the Triple Crown format. Uh, I, I, dude, there is no one that left the building that can remember everything that happened. I mean, you're seeing six, seven guys in the same straightaway for like fourth through eleventh. Um, spectacular. 250s actually think... have had less of that. Usually, that's the gnarlier, yeah. crazier class, but. Forkner's had it under control. I mean, he's he's at the absolute pinnacle right now, no doubt. I think but, these guys are in big trouble to start with. They're yeah. they're in big trouble dealing with Forkner, but I think this weekend could or it could be the only chance they have. If something goes on, he gets in a race with Cincerillo or one of the West Coast guys and something goes wrong, that's their big chance. But I'm telling you right now, if Forkner goes out and wins, I think there's going to be some separation of the points here. I mean, this this thing could be over leaving Atlanta for all intents and purposes. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. That's why I said, but this East-West shootout is just the wrench you need. Because, look, if there's one thing we know about Fortner, he will really want to win that. Really, really want to win that. <laughs> Not going to be thinking about points. Yeah. He's got a monster chick as a girlfriend, so Kiefer's saying his home life is where it needs to be. Kiefer's out of his mind on that. I- I'm aware. Um, <laughs> Lercurcio had to go to the LCQ. Had to go to the LCQ last week too. Got twelfth in the main. So, and Heart Raft, I'm still waiting for some Heart Raft speed. He's doing okay, seven nine, and then he he either broke his bike or sat on the side of the track for a lap or two in the third one. I'm still waiting for some Heart Raft speed. 
Purple yeah, rain. It's, uh, purple rain. You look is, at the results. Actually, it's not been that bad. But right. at no point am I thinking like, yeah, he's because there was a lot of heart rap, uh hype last year, kind of. Yeah. Yep. Deservedly so too. Yep. I haven't seen that type of thing. Yeah. And um, purple rain. His comeback. It's been okay. Yep. It's been okay. Yeah, I mean, he I got like sent overall, Go ahead, and that was with a really poor final main event. Yep. Yep. I like watching the first two mains. Cunningham and Wharton were battling the whole time. I think one, the one guy was ahead the whole time, and the other one, the other guy was ahead the whole time, but just on each other. And I'm like, I like that you get those types of dudes in the mix. I mean, generally, this is the young guy class. But then you have two guys like that who they just know what they're doing. They're always going to make mains. You know, you give them the right opportunity, and they'll take advantage. I mean, those guys just know what they're doing. I don't really know what Wharton's status is right now. If he's, I don't know if he's fighting his way back to be a factory guy or if he's just doing this because he wants to. I don't know. But those guys just know how to ride, and they know what they're doing. Um, Justin Thompson's from South Africa, although he's listed as Concord, North Carolina, Weech. But he's from South Africa. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, go hang out. So, um, good job for him. I think this is his first career main event for him. So, <laughs> uh, and that's about it. I think John Short qualified really well in one practice, which was impressive because he's never, never usually a heater guy. All right, so we're done, right? Is it? Yep. We're on, on to uh, Atlanta. We're on to Atlanta. Shootout. Well, some of us are. Some of us are on to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. I'm missing it. We'll miss you, Steve. I'm missing it. I am sending Michael Antonovich. Perhaps you gentlemen have heard of him. He uh, he's a better dresser than I am, but uh, probably also not as you know funny as I am. So five o'clock, fly racing WPS uh, hospitality area. We will have a uh, fly racing radio show. Mm-hmm. Jason Wygant and myself. We will have Damon Bradshaw in the house as well. So it should be good. Um, you're everybody's welcome. Public's welcome. It'll be in the new Atlanta pits, which will be outside this year. Uh, it's basically where the dome was last in the in the past 25 years. Jason Wygant's favorite dome. I'm getting uh, I'm getting Anton instructions. He has to cheer for Amart. He has to yell about Nets. He has to look at Mar- talk about Marty, and he has to uh, basically hashtag? talk about how he walked uphill to school in the snow both ways. And it'll be, he'll fit in perfectly at Pulp MX. So. Yeah, use hashtags, too. Yeah, use hashtags. Very important. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Fly Racing Racer X Podcast presented by Maxis, Alpine Stars, and SlickRacingUSA.com. Um, slick Product. What is it? Hold on. Slick, Good. Slick Products Good USA.com. Job. I'll get it. I'll get it. Thanks to those guys. Uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. And uh, right. we, will, uh, we will not see you in Atlanta, but we will reconvene next week to talk about it. All right, guys. See you. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Right,